The image of the Good Shepherd is one of the most common images in our Christian heritage. It's the subject of a great deal of art and of hymns because it's something that resonates with us, I think. We resonate with this idea that we are very much like those sheep in need of direction, in need of guidance, and in need of a shepherd. And yet I think in modernity this image can be hard to swallow for some because in our modern age we have a great distrust of authority figures. There's a great deal of distrust of authority and apply that to the good shepherd. There are some who might not fully trust the shepherd with directing and guiding their lives. So for some this image might seem out of place. So I think it's important that we ask ourselves, why do we need to follow the good shepherd? Why do we need him in our lives? Can't I just go about my life on my own? Why him? It's a fair question. But I think Christ thankfully demonstrates, not just with his words, but with his actions, why we ought to follow him. Because as the good shepherd, he laid down his life for us, the sheep. That is how far he is willing to go for our welfare. And we just celebrated a few weeks ago the suffering and pain that Jesus went through to save us. It's rather present to us now because we're in this Easter season when his passion and death and resurrection is still very fresh in our minds. That is what Christ did for you and for me, for our welfare, for our salvation. His only desire as the shepherd is the flourishing of the flock entrusted to him. He even died for creatures that were beneath him. You just think about that for a minute. Christ died for creatures infinitely beneath him. Most of us wouldn't give up our lives to protect some dumb sheep. We probably wouldn't do that. It wouldn't be worth it for us. And yet that is the divine descent that Christ makes as the good shepherd. A hired hand would see an imbalance to that equation. He would see that he's having to carry too much of the load, too much of the weight, the work, and the sacrifice. It would all be too difficult, too much of a burden, and so he would leave and run away. It can be hard work to direct a bunch of sheep like us, constantly having to direct us. Because a good shepherd realizes maybe that some of the sheep need different things. Some sheep might need to be moved in one direction, other sheep might need to be moved in a different one. It takes effort, it takes energy, and it takes sacrifice. But our Lord promised to the prophet Jeremiah, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Shepherds who love with a pure love, with no ulterior motives or intentions. A good shepherd does not lead with his own agenda, but merely directs the flock toward their flourishing. He is a bridge to Christ, not an obstacle, because a shepherd's love is from the heart. It is a selfless love, with no thought of his own welfare. Rather, it is for our welfare. 
And brothers and sisters, this is the same love that Christ calls each and every one of his priests to have for you. The flock that's entrusted to us, us priests. And, we, and I say this not as someone set above everyone else, as Christ certainly is for us. I don't say that as someone set above, but merely set apart. Called to share and to participate in Jesus' role of shepherding the people of God. There's a reason why we still use the Latin word for shepherd in our church vernacular today, pastor. Ego sum pastor bonus, I am the good shepherd. That means that you should see in the life of your priests a glimmer of the love that the good shepherd has. That is how well your priests should love you, brothers and sisters. And there's a beautiful way that we illustrate this, especially in the rite of ordination itself. If you've ever been, you know that the candidates for ordination during the litany of the saints lie face down on the ground. They lie prostrate in that act of offering of themselves to God for the church. That symbolizes giving of their lives for God, laying down, literally laying down their lives for the sheep. And I think each of us individually, for, in our own personal experience, can think of a priest in our lives who fit that bill for us. We know that one great priest can change a parish for the better. I've heard so many stories from people here at Incarnate about Bishop Herman and even about Father Vowles. For me growing up, that priest was the late Father Jack Dempsey. He was a wonderful leader of our parish growing up. He led with conviction he led with courage, but he also led with a father's heart. And brothers and sisters, we need more good shepherds to answer the call to work alongside Christ, the good shepherd. And we need more good shepherds, yes, for sheer numbers. We hear so much about the shortage of priests. But we also need good shepherds to reveal God's God the Father's love to a world whose image of the priest has been shattered and decimated by sin, shame, and scandal. You know, since I've been ordained in 2017, and even if you count the guys getting ordained this year, we will have ordained 21 men to the priesthood in the last four years or so for our archdiocese, which is pretty good. But during that same amount of time, 47 priests have died. More than double the amount that we have brought in. So the need is great, brothers and sisters. We must pray for more holy vocations, not just in other places or not just in the church at large, but from here, from our own parish, from here at Incarnate Word. Because it is only the example of priestly holiness and sacrifice that will repair what has been wounded in our church from scandals in, in recent years. It's a challenge, sure it is. But it's one that we must embrace. Because without shepherds, the flock will not be provided for. Without the priest, we don't have the Eucharist. Without the priest, we do not have confession. Those are the stakes for us. So I think it's important that we ask ourselves individually, but as a parish community, what are we doing to help promote and encourage vocations to the priesthood? And religious life, too. I think it's important today, though, to Speak about the priesthood, at least. We know there's no shortage of young Catholics here. 
an incarnate word, no shortage of young men in high school or college. What are we doing to promote vocations here in our parish? Is it something that we bring to the Adoration Chapel when we go to pray? Is it something that we pray for at Mass? There was a parish I lived in while I was a seminarian that had a Mass intention every month for holy vocations to the priesthood. I think it's something that every parent should also hold out as a possibility to their children. Growing up, the vocation to the priesthood was something that my parents never ever pushed, but it was certainly something that was always supported and known that they would be just as happy for their son to enter the priesthood if he would be to get married. And sadly, studies show that about three-fourths of parents would not support their child if they wanted to become a priest or religious. I know of a couple current situations of seminarians whose parents were downright hostile to that idea of their son becoming a priest. They thankfully warmed up to it, but in in the onset, they were downright hostile. Brothers and sisters, the love of the Good Shepherd changes hearts, and it changes lives. It shows how much we are loved and moves us to love God and to love others better. Let us pray for more good shepherds, that more men might be willing to answer the call to lead us and demonstrate that love to us by laying down their lives for the flock.